It looks like the Angels are buying with the addition of Lucas Giolito and Otani is off the board. With trade talks heating up, we will talk about the hottest trade rumors. So join us on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball as we talk trades and rumors. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, and you can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly, truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. And if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. Also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, but most importantly, subscribe to us on the Subtext website. On Subtext, it's a one-on-one in-depth personalized experience through text messaging. You get instant alerts on prospect call-ups trades, injuries, everything under the sun, and it's just a lot more than we can offer on this 30-minute podcast. Locked on Fantasy Baseball fans, as always, we have a fully loaded episode for you today. Let us be your team secret weapon, where we provide you with the most recent trades and the hottest trade rumors on the rumor mill. Matt, who do we got up first? My brother. All right, we got Mr. Nolan Arenado, and it's crazy to even think that they're willing to move him just because of the fact that they just paid him. And acquired him themselves not too long ago, which is just bananas because we're only two seasons away. But yet you're, you're saying they're ready to go and move on, which is just absolutely bananas. I mean, the team hasn't been what they lived, said they were going to live up to. But man, oh man, I just, I mean, I could see it too. I mean, they have a lot of young prospects. They're ready to roll out. I mean, John, uh, Jonathan Walker was the first of many. So, I mean, why Jonathan not? Jonathan Walker, man, that's your boy Jordan, too. Jordan Walker, I'm sorry. I had a few drinks tonight. Um <laughs> Jordan Walker over here, it was the start of it. And, I mean, Nolan Arenado should be staying. But if he moves, there is a trade rumor out there that the Dodgers might go out and acquire him. And, quite honestly, Dodgers, like we said last week, that they have a lot to offer. There's plenty of prospects along the way with Michael Bush, you know, Grove, and all the other ones out there. Why couldn't they get a deal done? It's just a matter of, do you think the Cardinals are ready to give up on that one-two punch of, you know, him, and Goldschmidt, if anything, I foresee Goldie going before I see Arenado going because of the age and just a matter of contract, things like that. But, I mean, who's to say anything happens at this time? This trade deadline could be absolutely bananas. Arenado can completely throw a wrench into all our predictions going into the trade deadline. Yeah, Matt, great take on Arenado. You know, the Dodgers are loaded with the prospects. We've seen Bobby Miller. We've seen Gavin Stone, uh, Bush, Andy Pages. I can probably go on for another five minutes. I mean, Sheehan of just all these prospects that the Dodgers have. We've seen quite a few of them in the majors this year already. And with the Cardinals being, you know, after their fall from grace from last year, they're 46 and 57, 11 games at a first. 
they're behind the Brewers, Reds, and Cubs. If you predicted that coming, man, you need to go to Vegas and uh, start laying bets because I, I did not see that coming, and I don't think a lot of people did. Uh, Nolan Arenado, man, just in general, he's he's still he's still a stud. He's still one of the best players in the game uh, through 98 games this year. Arenado, 380 at bats, 48 runs, 19 doubles, two triples, 22 bombs, 77 RBIs, two steals, 287 batting average. And there's probably going to be a lot of suitors for him if the Cardinals are selling. And as Matt said, I'm, I'm on board. If they get rid of Arenado, what's the point of keeping Goldschmidt? Sell Goldschmidt to get some more prospects and just go into that full rebuild mode. And, you know, they, they, they still have some young players down there in the minors and, uh, you know, some young players on the major league rosters the Cardinals do. So let's kind of see where things go. Nolan Arenado is officially on the trade block. Let's move on to somebody else. Uh, one of Matt's favorite players in the league, it's Juan Soto. Juan Soto, man, just been just been just been a ride the last couple of years with Juan Soto. Just been a real ride, and you know, apparently the Padres are looking to sell now too. It's kind of just been such an interesting year for baseball. That's why I love baseball. You never really can truly predict what's going to happen. That's the fun of you know uh, being able to do this. You know, um, the fantasy baseball aspect, just talking baseball on a on a platform here. The Padres are 49 and 54, 10 games out of first. They're behind the Dodgers, Giants, and Diamondbacks. Once again, if you've seen this coming, you need to go to Vegas and, uh, you know, play some numbers or something, man, because you're on point. With Soto, there's a lot of different places he can go. You know, I could see, honestly, I think a great landing spot for Soto is the Orioles, even though there's not really hasn't been a specific team linked to Soto uh, as far as the rumor mill talking. But I think the Orioles can go out and get them. They have all those prospects that we've talked about, you know, Kowser, uh, Westberg, Kobe, uh, Kobe Mayo, um, Heston Kerstad. I could Grayson Rodriguez, even if they want to give him up. And putting Soto in the middle of that young Orioles lineup, he can go teach Adley and the rest of them that, that will stay on the team. Just a real, real opportunity. I think Soto, I, I, I don't know if that's going to fix him. I don't know what's going to fix Juan Soto because he's still, you know, numbers on the year aren't fantastic. He's picked it up of late, you know, got that batting average up to 262. But you know what? We're used to seeing Juan Soto be a 300 hitter, so I don't know. But I, I would honestly, at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing Soto move on to a different team because the San Diego, you know, whole thing has been a mess. But Soto's still only 24, by the way. Soto's still got a lot of career left ahead of him. Yeah, I think, I mean, quite honestly, I think Soto is going to bounce back quite easily. The counting stats are here. I just think that the bat has to be put to the ball and stop flying out. I think it's really more of the issue than him really striking out. But, I mean, let's let's uh, let's get into the deep dive of where I think he's going to be traded to, if he's even traded, which I don't foresee happening because they gave up pretty much the whole farm, their firstborn child, and then some. So, I mean. Abrams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean. You think about what the Padres were giving up. I don't know if I see him being moved, but if I do see him being moved, I think the only team that I could see happening is probably the Rangers. They have a lot to give up as well. I like the Orioles take two because there is a lot, but in terms of who's going to be more aggressive to move versus who's going to be like, you know, kind of more conservative, you know, I could see the Baltimore Orioles being a little bit more conservative. Yes, they want a veteran presence in the locker room. But the cost of going out and getting Juan Soto versus the other guys we talked about last week that were a better fit for the locker room in terms of veteran players, whereas Rangers are looking to go and acquire just every single piece of talent out there and win now, and they have the team to do it, you know, even beating out the Houston Rockets. God, I did this last night too. The the Houston Astros. God, he got it in my head. Thank you for pointing that out. Now I'm stuck with it. Thank you. Um. Anyway, it's the Houston Astros. Um, 
you know, with the Houston Astros just not being as good as the Rangers this year, I think that quite honestly, if they do go out and get Soto, they can be a serious team that can really be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, quite honestly, there's a lot to come in play. Juan Soto moving there would be monstrous. But again, I don't foresee him even moving at all. Let's move on. Sorry about Mr. Blake Snell. I'm seeing they're turning down trades left and right, but I do see one possibility. And that's him going to our very own Yankees. Yankees might go out, get aggressive, go get a pitcher, and just say, hey, listen, like, boom, we're going to give you X, Y, Z, give up a couple pitching prospects and call it a day. Blake Snell is going to cost him a boatload of money in about one to two years. And I don't know if they're going to want to pay him while they're paying Musgrove and everybody else under the sun. So Blake Snell may be the right person to move right now, especially with the way he's performed over the last two years. So this is the perfect sell high for them. And it's not fantasy baseball. So, you know, get it going. And I think that this would be the right time for Blake Snell to be on the move. Plus, I think they might be able to replace him with a couple other names and be able to fill out their depth as well. So Blake Snell could be a possible Yankee by the end of next week. Yeah, before I hop in here and give my Blake Snell take, and then we're going to talk about a couple of Chicago White Sox guys that might be on the move. We'll talk about a Chicago White Sox player that is officially on the move. And then we got a couple of other smaller trades that we're going to get into here. I need to talk to you about one of our great sponsors, and that's eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fits, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. And dear everydayers and new listeners, we have an incredible opportunity for you to support the show and enjoy some fantastic perks along the way. Introducing the Diamond Club on the subtext website. By becoming a member, you not only contribute to the show's success, but also gain access to exclusive benefits, get your hands on waiver wire rankings, call-up alerts, injury updates, instant reactions, and best of all, you can enjoy direct access to Matt and I for all of your burning fantasy baseball questions. Plus, you can try it out completely free for 14 days. Your support means the world to Matt and I, and we can't wait to connect with you on this exciting journey. Join us on the Diamond Club on the Subtext website today and let us take your fantasy baseball experience to new heights. All right, guys, let me hop back in here. And Matt, I I have to say it, if we get Blake Snow, I'm going to be pissed. I think it's a bad move. I think the Yankees stay put or even sell at this point where we're eight games out of first, you know, we're literally in last place in the AL East. I don't see the Yankees buying at this point. If they do, it's just to satiate the fans. And we're four games out of wild card though. Yeah, but still, I don't, I don't think it's happening this year. Tampa Bay is about the full out. There's three spots now, not two. And I mean, quite honestly, the teams in front of them, they could make that playoff push and get to the wild card. I got to see how the team look when, when Aaron Judge comes back. If Judge comes back Friday, well, like today, as you guys listen to this, or within the next couple of days, maybe, 
you know, uh, Rizzo looked a little better. Stans looked a little better. So I, I hear you. I hear you. I just I don't foresee it happening. Literally, the four other teams in our division are are just better teams. They're, I honestly think every team is better than us. So I, I personally just don't think that's the move for the Yankees. But I will throw out a couple of other teams. You know, Matt's talked about the Rangers. They can use one more pitcher with, um, you know, DeGrom being out. Um, the Braves even, I would love to see Snell go to the Braves. They're very, very good with starting pitching. You know, um, if he goes over there, I could see, honestly, maybe he figures out the walks issue because I know Snell's been great of late, but the walks are killing him. And then lastly, I mean, you got to go back to the Dodgers again. The Dodgers are going to make some big noise. They always make big noise uh, at the trade deadline every year because they're always a contention, their first place team. Uh, any of those teams I could realistically see Snell going to. But, I mean, Matt, in all reality, I could see him going to the Yankees, but I just don't – I personally don't think that's a smart move for the Yankees. But Blake Snell's honestly been top five, ten pitcher in baseball the last couple of months. So wherever he goes, you know, uh, the Padres are going to get a great, you know, um, deal for him, even though he is uh, 30 years old at this point. But let's move on to somebody we've actually spoke about, you know, I think last week. So we're not going to put too much time on him, and it's Lance Lynn. Uh, to be honest with you, with Lance Lynn, after that 16 strikeout game, I was back on board. I was like, oh, Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn. Uh, he's just crapped the bed since then, though. One good start since then out of like five, and he's just on the year. It's been an absolute mess for the 36-year-old Lance Lynn. I think wherever he goes, it's a rental. Uh, a team like Tampa Bay is always a team that is pretty good with fixing starting pitchers. Look what they've done with Zach Eflin this year. So I could see, you know, a team like that taking the chance on him. But I've heard the market isn't really primed for Lance Lynn right now because of how he's been performing this year. And at 36 years old, the shoe's going to fall off the other foot at some point. So with Lance Lynn, uh, things to be remain seen. But we talked about him a lot the um, last week. So if you want to go back and look at our trade uh, deadline predictions episode, you can see a further deep dive on Lance Lynn. That's all I got on him. Completely agree. I feel like we left everything on the table last week. Let me move on. Let's talk about Mr. Tim Anderson. Somebody I was I kind of mentioned last week of where I would like to see him move, but I'm hearing a lot of talk that he might be ending up on Miami, which Same quite here. quite honestly, like yo, if he ends up there, like the fantasy value may not be as great, but he's already on that course correct anyway for the strong second half. And he loves to put the ball in different places. And you put him in Miami and the the field just opens up for him. That lineup needs a veteran. That lineup needs a bat. And I don't think he's going to be the only one that makes it there. So, and then quite honestly, Tim Anderson may be getting into a spot where he can be a leader, really show off, and really exciting where it's going to take his level of play and just escalate it to the next level for him. And we could see a nice little production from if he goes to Miami. Um, I, I think it's a great fit. I think Miami needs to make that move in a real baseball standpoint. Um, fantasy wise, I think it's level peg. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson here, you know, I mean, as Matt said, he's been hot of late last 14 days for Tim Anderson, uh, seven runs, five RBIs, a steal and a 378 batting average. I mean, hey, from a fantasy baseball perspective, he's 63% owned. He could, as Matt said, he could spray the ball. I think he's not really going to be much of a power guy at all anymore. Maybe like um, a D Gordon from back in the day, but not as much speed as D Gordon had in his prime. But, you know, Tim Anderson still got a little bit of speed. So if you need the runs, you need some speed, probably going to be a plus batting average for Tim Anderson uh, the rest of the way because he needs to make that course correction just to get back to the norm. The guy's always been a great batting average contributor. So I think Tim Anderson, you know, uh, I think he's going to be helpful the rest of the day, especially from a, a fantasy baseball perspective. 
But let's talk about some official trades, some some trades that are in the books, some trades that have been made. Let's talk about Lucas Giolito heading over to the Angels. Angels officially are buyers. Um, they've announced that Otani is off of the market. And, I mean, after today, the guy threw, threw a gem, uh, a complete game. Uh, he hit two home runs today over the course of a doubleheader. I mean, Otani's the best player in baseball. I don't even think it's close. I don't think it's an argument anymore that Otani, Otani's the GOAT. Otani, well, not, not the greatest of all time, but Otani's, yeah. the, Otani, Otani's the best player in baseball right now. But let's focus on Lucas Giolito. Uh, I think the move is kind of neutral. Uh, maybe he he could win more games over there with the Angels if the Angels do, you know, start to, you know, um, pick up a few more players and they look like a better team overall. But I think just you're getting you're getting what you get with the um, Lucas Giolito. It's the the park is the park change is kind of neutral. You know, uh, both mid tier parks to pitch in. Uh, Giolito's got a three seventy nine ERA on the season, a four four six. FIP, you know, which is fielding independent pitching, kind of an ERA indicator shows you where the ERA is headed to rather than where it is. Strikeouts look good, 121 innings, 131 strikeouts, a one-two-two whip. Uh, I mean, I I'm just very neutral on Lucas Giolito at this point. I think it is what it is. It's I don't think it gets better. I don't think it gets too much worse. If he's a high three, low four ERA guy, it's what you expect. Big strikeouts, and the whip is probably going to hurt you a little bit because he's a career one-two-three whip. And he's at one two two this year. Uh, that's my take on Giolito. You know what I'll say? Sell high because yeah. new team, new season, and he yeah. didn't have a great season last year. Sell high. Um, that's all you got to say. Um, you know what? He just put in a position to win. So you know what? That's what you say, and you trade. But anyway, let's move on here. Um, let's talk about Mr. Carlos Santana, not the uh, musical artist, the Spanish sensation here, <laughs> but. Um, you know, the baseball player, Carlos Santana, he was traded to the Brewers. It's interesting. I like the move for actual baseball in terms of fantasy. The guy is actually having a half decent year with 45 runs, 12 bombs, 53 uh, ribs, six stolen bases, batting about 235. Over the last month, he's performing, batting about 261. Santana, 11% owned. Like, I mean, quite honestly, he's out there everywhere. He might be available in, like, you know, spot starts and things like that is where I might roll him out. But, I mean, in terms of real fantasy baseball, like, not a great person I'm really going to chase after and really catch his fire, unless he catches fire. Real baseball, I love the move. I think the Brewers need somebody like Santana. Uh, I think that he's going to give that lineup a little bit more of a, an oomph, per se. So, I think Santana's landing spot is good for him and good for baseball, but good for fantasy, man, maybe like, you know, 14, you know, 15-man leagues, he gets a little bit more of a... A bonus, but other than that, I'm not really looking. I'm at 12 man and 10 man and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, I I agree and disagree at the same time. I, I think at 11 percent owned, it's under owned for Carlos Santana. He's going to go to Milwaukee, pretty good park to hit in. You know, uh, goes from you know um, a not so great team to uh, you know a, a, a first place team, and I think he's going to hit somewhere in the middle of that lineup. I'm seeing, I'm seeing him per, per, slotted in at four in most cases, which I think is. Um, very, very good for him where the RBIs will be good. The the runs may be mediocre, but he's not, you know, at his, you know, uh, advanced age. How old is he now? Uh, 37. Uh, you're not predicting runs for him anyway. But, you know, the batting average, as you said, 260 over the last, you know, um, what would you say, last month or last 14? Month. Uh, yeah, the last month, 260. So, I mean, if he hits 250 the rest of the way with some decent power and some decent RBIs, that's at least three categories he's going to be, you know, helping you in. 
So I think at 11% owned, if you're in, you know, even I can say a deep 12, you know, and then as Matt said, as you get deeper than that, definitely worth a look. 11% owned is low. I think 30, 40% owned is where Carlos Santana should be, especially with the, I think it's a positive move for him for even for fantasy baseball. But guys, before we talk about our last couple of players, we got a couple of sponsors here for you. Uh, you know, just make sure you lock on in for these last few. All right, guys, we are back here. Matt, you want to grab the next one? You want me to grab the next one? Uh, you go ahead and grab it. I'll talk about this last guy because I hate him. Okay, yes. <laughs> well, let's move on here. And I'm not sure how about I feel about this one. It's Ahmed Rosario. You know, he's headed over to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And once again, I just don't don't know how I feel about it. Rosario's having a, a down year in general. Um I think the thing is he may run a little bit more there on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are kind of known for letting their guys, you know, loose and just, uh, you know, run the bases. He is pretty fast. Last year he stole 18 bases through 153. This year he only has nine through 94, but he's quick. That's the thing. He he is very speedy on the base paths. So if he can get out there and steal a couple more bases, he's a career 273 hitter. He's at 265 right now. Um, but the thing is, too, they did go out there and acquire Kike Hernandez as well, another middle infielder. So I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if Rosario is going to play every single day. I feel like he should. I feel like there's a lot of upside there to be tapped into with Ahmed Rosario. Currently, I'm looking at roster resources here. They don't have him slotted in as an everyday guy. But he can play shortstop to have Miguel Rojas slotted in there. I don't know if Rojas is really the answer um, you know, Mookie Betts has been playing a lot of second. Um, you got Muncie over there at third. And if they trade for Arenado, that looks even more crowded at that point. So I'm not sure what the thing is with Ahmed Rosario. I think for fantasy baseball, he's already 60% owned. So there's not much of an actionable move there. But, you know, I think in in the bigger picture, the bigger sense of things, Kind of just a wait and see what happens with Rosario. If he starts getting consistent playing time, the steals look better. You know, looks like, okay, you know, he's getting hot and, you know, he's playing every day. Maybe then the other 40% of leagues, okay, maybe then you could think about it. But as of right now, I don't think there's too much actionable for fantasy baseball with Ahmed Rosario. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a path to play because right now he's also playing outfield on days off for other players and on the Guardians. And, you know, they got Hayward out there. Outman really hasn't performed either. So if they want to get an influx in bat, with uh, Rosario hitting about 265 over the last over the year and hitting 283 over the last month and, you know, getting on there and want to open up the stolen base and just a guy that can get on base. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he can find his everyday play. He's just going to be a, you know, a Swiss army knife. But on top of that, I really think that a Rosario is just going to be a player that's going to get on base for them to create ribby, uh, RBI opportunity and get the extra run in. That's why I think they went out and acquired Rosario. That's just me in a real baseball standpoint. So I think if anything, if we're looking at how to analyze him um, for fantasy purposes, like he may be a runs cheat code. Like if you just need to win the runs category, Ahmed Rosario might be to be able to like go out there and just get a whole bunch of runs for you. But I could be wrong. We could see what happens. But I mean, I could just see a path to play. And I just think that with him getting on base and being so quick, he may be a runs cheat code and just, you know, go crazy in that category. But um, let's move that's on. That's a good take, man. I'm going to be honest. That's, that's, a, that's a strong take. Very good take. Thank you. Um, let's talk about this last guy here. Let's talk about Noah Syndergaard. I absolutely hate the kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, it's burning fuel of passion. He's having an absolute caca doo year. He's hurt right now, too. Let me just put that out there. Well, he, he is going to start Monday. He's going to start Monday for the Guardians. That's wonderful. I don't care. 
Um, you know, if you're hoping on him, drop him. Um, Syndergaard is complete doo-doo. He is nowhere near what he was when he was on the Mets. Uh, way I'm approaching Syndergaard is he's going to be there for as a starter for about two or three starts, and then he's going to get moved into the bullpen. Once uh, w- once move starts being made, um, he went to the Guardians. So, like, you know, they, there is plenty of pitchers they need to call up. There's plenty of players that they're going to want to get a look at. Noah Syndergaard played relief, middle relief, um, and, you know, just, you know, did – did all the bull crap non-fantasy value plays uh, positions in the pitching standpoint. And that's what it's going to be. That's what he's going to do. He's just a depth piece. That's going to be like, Hey, I can roll him out there for like an inning and a half and he won't get lit up. But if I let him go out there for three, I'm screwed. So that's pretty much where Noah Syndergaard is going to play. And it just, it is what it is. Matt, you sound like me when I was talking about Giolito coming into the year. Yeah, uh, that's, that, that's that's uh, I, I, and you know what we could bring back real quick, Matt. You got uh, the haterade, is it there? It's already if, finished. Yeah, it's already see, exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about. If you guys were with us last year, I actually I should bring it back more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, last year I was t- talking about how Matt drinks that haterade pretty often for a lot of guys, but uh, the haterade's officially back at this point from mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm not optimistic about Cindergard, but you know what, man, the kid does have talent, he's still only 30 years old. I mean, I don't ever think he goes back to the low threes, uh, you know, even high twos ERA that he had for the Mets. Bro, he's Thor in Endgame right now. He's not Thor in freaking you know, Thor. Thor. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't foresee him being a seven ERA guy. I don't think that's indicative of the kind of pitcher Syndergaard is, unless like you know Matt said, unless he's Fat Thor or Fat Matt Harvey following right in those footsteps. Um. The velocity was a little bit down this year from 94 last year to 92.6 this year. Uh, maybe, you know, as he's getting healthy, the velocity could tip back up. Um, you know, everything was down. All his pitches across the board were down from like a mile to a mile and a half. But I I think there's a chance. I, I think. I think there's a chance. Have you seen, have you seen Dumb and Dumber, you know? Um, so you're telling me there's a chance? I'm telling you, there's a tiny chance. It may be in your deep 15s, you know, uh, your AL only, stuff like that. 32 man leagues. and Yeah, and- yeah, 32 man leagues, something like that. Because Syndergaard's only 10% owned. So if you're like absolutely desperate, maybe, maybe. Because the Guardians are, are also very, very good with starting pitching. You know, as you see Bybee this year, Gavin Williams starting to look a little bit better. You know, look what they did with Shane Bieber. They're kind of just decent pitching coaching over there so maybe they unlock something here with thor but don't bank on it don't 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 think he's the answer because he's probably not but once again you might be able to catch lightning in a bottle here you know like, you know uh, what you know what, bro? i'm sorry i don't mean to cut you off but i know I what i think fine. i'm just ranting at this point the guardians just have a really good eye to see who could throw the ball really fast and really fast and really move i think they're really good at seeing the movement and that's what they do i don't know about like developing their pitchers because if you look at you know for instance bieber He's been on a downward uh, decline instead of like an upward incline of where he was versus now. Like, I mean, I'm just looking at they don't develop. They just have a really good eye for really good pitching. Um, I mean, Bieber did have an upward rise, you know, at some point. I mean, now he's getting a little bit older. What is he, like 28 right now? So, I mean. Okay, usually that's their prime. Like, that's when they start figuring it out. Bieber Bieber came up in 2018, had a 4-5-5 ERA, 114 innings, and then, you know, the next four years in a row, he was a monster. 
Yeah, but that's every that's every arm that comes up and gets adjusted, and then we're like, okay, this kid's got something special. Like I drafted him pretty high, and like boom, he hit. Like you know, like what what it is is like Bieber has teetered off, and I don't mean to go on a Bieber run, but like I don't I don't think they're gonna figure it out for Syndergaard. I think if anything, it's gonna be even like a Cliff Lee guy that came up with Cleveland. You know, they like whether it's they have a good eye for pitching. Or that they can develop it as well. Those things kind of go hand in hand in a sense of where if you have the eye for it, you have the eye for, okay, what are these guys doing right that you like about them? And then you could go to another guy and be like, hey, this is what we normally see in pitchers that are good. But I, I, I think this is enough about Noah Syndergaard. I don't even know if anybody's listening anymore. They're yeah. probably tuned out by now. But if you still are here and you're an everyday or a new listener, we truly, truly appreciate you tuning in for Locked On Fantasy Baseball. But that's going to be all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And going into next week, guys, we got some really cool and interesting episodes for you. We're going to mix things up a little bit. So make sure you lock on in for those. But, guys, until next week, see you. Peace.